It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, here we go. Four o'clock hour. Welcome in Reno. You heard it. Las Vegas. We're getting ready for the Stanley Cup final on Saturday. NBA finals game number one is coming up in 90 minutes. We'll cut out around 525. Willie Ramirez on the road at Silver Sevens. We had a big day here at Lotus Broadcasting. The Stanley Cup, the actual cup, was in the building. Big four time. That's how we kick off the four o'clock hour. Let's do it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. All right, Willie, where are we right now with the uh, the Aces and the schedule? I know they had a big weekend and a big uh, start to the season. So what's on the way, and what do you think of the start so far? I think that they have performed exactly the way that they're supposed to uh, have performed. They've blown out three different teams in four games. They went to Seattle and won by 40-plus, a Seattle team that was playing its first game of the regular season without Brianna Stewart, without Sue Bird, without Bree January and the Aces crushed them. They went to L.A., and their defense was lackluster at times. The Sparks were a little motivated, I will say. They were coming off a win over Phoenix, in which they were underdogs. Um, the Aces didn't cover the number in L.A. Then, on the in the home opener, ring ceremony night, the Aces beat the Sparks in a return engagement two nights later. Then, the Minnesota Lynx come to town, they had been on the road. They were shorthanded a bit, and they were the uh, one of the two winless teams in the WNBA. The Aces crushed them, even though it was the second of a back-to-back, and they were definitely celebrating and partying the night before after the Sparks win. So, while everybody is going, here we go, back-to-back, they're going to win it again. They also beat three teams that – oh, and by the way, in the home opener with the ring ceremony against that Sparks team, the injury re- report came up. They had to sign two hardship contracts that day to avoid a WNBA fine. Kurt Miller was very appreciative toward Las Vegas' own Ray Burrell, who was cut by the uh, Sparks after training camp. She was brought back to play, and she actually played really well. Um, so and Carly Samuelson. So two hardship contracts. They were down like four or five players. So you know, it, it, I asked Becky Hammond about the fact that they played lower caliber teams. Lower, you know, uh, when the Sparks were at full strength, the one game that we saw the Aces struggle defensively in LA. Well, it remains to be seen now when they play a team like the Connecticut Sun, like the Washington Mystics, like the New York Liberty. So I want to wait to see before they're tested before we start going hoorah on the aces. So bottom line, they play 40 games. That is confirmed, right? 40 regular season games. I'm always very confused on this. I just counted through the schedule. 40. um, Disappointing if they don't go 33-7. and What's their win total? I think their win total is, what, 32.5? Is that why you picked that number? No, I actually – I said before the season I thought the Liberty – I thought the Liberty and the Aces could win, you know, both in the 33 to 35 yeah. range. So I just lowered it a little bit. You, you were just very down on the start in terms of quality competition. So I lowered it to 33 and 7. If the Aces don't experience one injury to, I would say, their top seven players, 
then yes, they should be. They should win between thirty and thirty-three games this season. It would be, I would be highly shocked if they don't. Impressive, no title hangover either. That's no. awesome if they win thirty-plus yeah. games. No, they're very serious. I mean, I Let's mean, go the baby. Most, the, the most impressive thing to me is the is the fact that this is a team that looks as if they picked up picked up where it left off. Um, I will say this. And this is no knock to her because she will always be a legend. She will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Candace Parker, as you could see, her legs, you know, the the lack thereof, if you will, um, the second of the back-to-back. And Becky said, you know, those are days where she's got to gauge how much she's going to play. Candace Parker, Alicia Clark, you know, the veterans on the team. Kelsey Plum in game, you know. I mean, in the exhibition game against the Liberty, she looked like it was she was in midseason form. Um, but for the most part, if they stay healthy, it's going to be hard to beat the Aces. Number three. So I like the job the WNBA does off the court, involved in lots of causes, very positive, forward-moving league. Some in the country would call that woke for some reason. The NBA got that label as well, and you know we heard from a lot of people. Remember back when the NFL – got woke and was going to go broke, and then it signed all record TV deals and just keeps raking in more and more and more and more and more and more money. I still see that about the NBA, that it got woke and it's going to go broke. Did you see what Monty Williams just signed a contract for? A head coach in the NBA just got a $100 million contract, Willie. And and where? Broke? Really? And where? Your point? My point is that this is a veteran coach. And, yeah, he may have been let go by the Phoenix Suns, but he's got a decent resume. He's been part of the USA basketball program. This is a guy that could have hung around for some other jobs. Yeah. He signed with the Detroit Pistons. The Detroit Pistons are shelling out $100 million for this dude. Yep. And um, Detroit hasn't exactly been uh, doing blockbuster at the game, but I think that's the whole point is that the league is making money and Detroit's like, Listen, if we got to pay a Detroit tax to get the best coach on the market or one of the best coaches on the market, then yeah, we're going to give the guy his you know hundred million dollar deal upwards of twelve mil a year. So good for the Pistons, and if that's where Monty Williams wants to take on his next challenge, good for him. Number two, number two. I see more of these stories from uh, the guys at the paper and also your buddy Arash, and I like Arash about this pick, tick pick, whatever ticket site, and the, these are the numbers on the get in price and. So I saw a note that you sent over that one site, a lot of the tickets being purchased for games one and two are from out of the market, might be Panther fans. What does that mean? Well, it just means that the the research that was done or whomever, you know, Mick spoke with said that, well, more Panthers fans are buying off of TickPick. But when you look at the prices that they're paying, that must be the one where they're allowing Panthers fans because – for me, I'm a partial season ticket holder. I, With my guys and, and the, the way we did our draft, I won't have any tickets for the Stanley Cup. My, my last game was game five of the Western Conference Final. I paid a third, a third of what these guys are being quoted on, on, the, on the, the house app that the Golden Knights use. It, whether you, you agree to the vow or not, they're going to be pushing for Golden Knights people to purchase those tickets. You cannot gauge off of TickPick just one app that's charging an astronomical price yeah. to say there's going to be more Panthers fans in the building. I'm hearing this. I'm seeing it on Twitter. 
Settle down. It's, I wish everyone, I, I wish down, everyone would stop using these secondhand sites and the information they send on email. Because I right. get the same emails and I delete them. They're nonsense. And if you really want to gauge on what tickets are going for and where they're going, there are groups on Facebook and elsewhere that sell tickets. And right. you can really see what the, the tickets are going for. And if there's going to be a ton of opposing fans in the building. I just think it gives a, it gives a bad rap before the game to the passion of local Las Vegas fans. And then no one really follows up. Like, no one really releases numbers afterwards. You know, oh, 18-1, we're in the building. You know, it's a by, horrible. By, by the numbers, 4,200, we're Panther fans. We're not going to get information like that. We just no. get it beforehand. It's a horrible sign also two days before game one to put something out, something like that out there because the insinuation is, you, you know this, there's going to be the aggregate riders. Yep. Panthers fans are going to outweigh the Golden Knights fans in T-Mobile just to get the click, and then you read through the story. But it's 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 not it's it's a convoluted message to send. Number one, Willie was out at availability today. VGK practice, players there. He got a chance to catch up with Shea Theodore. Here's uh, Willie starting the interview. When you think back to 2018, the differences, obviously there's a lot more star power where th that was a collective group of sort of hungry misfits, right? There's definitely a difference from, you know, this year to the first year. I think the first year it seemed like we had a lot of luck on our side. You know, we were scoring timely goals and, um, you know, I think the, the inexperience in the finals got to us. Or I think this time around we've played, you know, I think... Systems-wise, I think we played the best hockey, you know, that that we played since I've been here. You know, guys are always in the right spots. You know, we have the depth. We have a lot of guys scoring, a lot of guys pitching in. And, um, you know, I think our D, our D has just done a good job kind of shutting down, you know, their top guys, making it difficult. And, um, you know, hopefully we're going to try and do that in the finals. Here's a little more Shea Theodore talking about that first go-around and now with experience uh, – from the guys who have been around for a while and new guys, uh, how it compares to the first time? I think that first year we were definitely, like I said, we were overwhelmed a bit. Um, you know, it's exciting. It's exciting getting there, but, um, you know, it's definitely the hardest hardest series to win. And, um, you know, I think we thought he was going to come easy after winning game one. And, you know, our inexperience kind of got to us where, you know, this time around we have a lot of guys with cups in here. You know, you add Barbie into that mix. Um you know, and I think with the with the original group, you know, that's been there. I think you know this time around we should be should be a little bit more experienced and you know try and calm down a little bit as well. I thought that was really good, good honest take on what happened the first time around, and it's it's to be believed. It's to believe you know to be believed. Uh, the first run to the Stanley Cup final was simply amazing, and I'm sure they were a little bit shell shocked and got a little overconfident after they got out to a good start. This is a different group, Willie. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a different group in, in the fact that, you know, you ha you've had some carryover. You, you've got the original six, right? You've got some carryover from the guys that were brought in to, to pick up the slack from where Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee thought they were lacking. And now you've got a blend of some guys over the last season and a half, two seasons, and mixed in there are Stanley Cup champions, guys who have hoisted that cup and know, including a guy like Petrangelo, who won it with St. Louis the year after Vegas lost. Barbashev's got a, a ring. Martinez has a couple of rings. There's a, uh, Chandler Stevenson, who was on the Washington Capitals the year that they beat Vegas. So um, it's definitely a different mindset. It's definitely a different, sort of a different attitude and approach. 
Um, one of the things that Braden McNabb mentioned, I talked to him about the same thing, was that going into media day where everybody's got their own station, we always see that for the Super Bowl, right? But it's the same thing. The, the, for the Stanley Cup, media day is huge. It's big time. They, they have the whole second floor of the T-Mobile, you know, decked out for media day and everybody's got their own station and Brayton was saying you know here we are in our own stations and you got the media members coming up and and then and you play the very next day he goes now not only are the original six but a lot of the other veterans they've been down this road heck I'm trying to think maybe the only guy not necessarily Stanley Cup but as far as playoffs are concerned and pressure pack situation the one guy that's unfamiliar is Jack Eichel and he's been poised so different different team different team uh last 30 seconds here what went into your uh quote original six sporting tribune story oh man i had to feed off of the original six from the first six franchises in the nhl um everyone was talking about the guys that were carried over but nobody had really used that phrase to talk about it so i took it to the next level and uh used that in my story and it was I, i had a fun writing it people can find it where TheSportingTribune.com. I believe it's the lead story right now. Beautiful. And it's linked up on Twitter, at Steve Cofield, at Willie G. Ramirez. This hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 766-1400 is a number to call from anywhere in the state of Nevada. Offices in Reno and Henderson and Vegas. Make sure you dial 775 in the north. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Rolling towards the halfway point of the show, Cofield and Company in Reno in Las Vegas. Stanley Cup Finals coming up. Willie Ramirez is going to be out there at the Fortress covering it. You're not going to Florida, though, huh? You're not going to Sunrise? I am not going Come to. On. I'm not going to, by the way, Fort Lauderdale. I'm tired yeah. of people disrespecting Fort Lauderdale when they bring up the Panthers. Be like, Miami-based teams, the Heat and the Panthers. No. Give Sunrise some respect. It's Fort Lauderdale. Okay. That's a Fort Lauderdale suburb. All right, I thought you were—I thought you were getting on me for saying Sunrise instead of Lauderdale. No, no, right. no. Alex Dono knows the area, so let's let him uh, speak on this. He's from uh, Five Reason Sports, longtime broadcaster in the area. Dono, how you doing, buddy? It's Cofield in Vegas with Willie Ramirez. I'm doing great, guys, and it's always nice when you can get a Stanley Cup Finals between a couple traditional hockey markets yes. like Florida and Vegas. I know this is what everybody in the Northeast and up in Canada wanted to see. Oh, my God. Boston, Alex. Toronto, you know, Denver's freaking pissed off. Uh, there are a lot of markets that are real, real angry right now. Willie, what were you going to say? I was going to say, Alex, can you, you heard the intro there. Can, can, can I get some backup on, on what I had to say, though? Yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're factually correct. Um, you know, it's uh, Fort Lauderdale. Sunri- Actually, I lived in Sunrise for a couple of years, so I know that area very I well. I lived in Plantation is- for eight months. Ah, so you know it. You know it. That, that's right there. Plantation and, and Sunrise are a stone's throw away. That's and, right. Yeah, it is, you're, you're factually correct. It is a suburb of Fort Lauderdale. But I, I think for the sake of the fact that they are in the same media market, Miami and Fort Lauderdale, it's close enough where you can allow the South Floridians to claim both of these teams being, you know, area teams that are in the finals in the Heat and the Panthers. But you, you are 1,000% correct. Sunrise, it's a different county that Miami is in, different county from the yep. Miami. Broward and Dade. Broward and Dade. But he, but, but uh, in the end, Dono kind of threw it back in your face there. A little bit. He, no, basically, because, no, no, because he, no, basically no. he's saying it's it's one media market. South, Lauderdale said, doesn't get but, pissed off that people say the Miami area. But he said, no, he said South Florida. 
can claim it, not Miami. South Florida can claim both teams. And I will say the last time the Florida Panthers were in a Stanley Cup final, which was uh, back in 1996, they did play in Miami at that yes, time. They actually that's played right. back then in, yeah, in the old Miami yep. arena, which they shared it with the Heat back then. And the yep. Panthers, uh, they moved out of that building first. They moved to Sunrise in, I think it was yep. like 98, 99, something like that. They sure did. That's did right. they need their own arena, the Panthers? You know, <laughs> I didn't think so at the time. Um, but I, I think what it was, Steve, is they needed a different arena because that old Miami arena, it was, it was a dump. And, I, you know, and, and when it was first built, I was so young. I didn't know, you know what separated a good arena from a bad arena. But you know, I, I've been told over the years that that old Miami arena, it was basically outdated the second that it opened. Like they just they built it all wrong. And so you know, I think it was around uh, the, the time when the Heat were first created, uh, like 88, 89 is when that old arena opened. And then you know, within 10 years, it was completely out of date. So the Panthers just needed to get out of there. So I don't necessarily know if they needed their own building, but they ended up getting their own building. And it was, uh, it was you know, Broward County who ended up, you know, putting most of the bill to build the arena that they're in now. So that's kind of how that transpired. Oh, that's not how it works in Vegas. You come here in Clark County, we get we get, we have the taxpayers take care of it. Yeah, let's build build them another stadium, build them another arena. Baseball coming, <laughs> here you go. NBA, we got an arena for you too. Uh, Alex Donalds with us, Five Reasons Sports in the South Florida, the Miami area. The game will be played uh, games three and four, and we'll see how far the series goes beyond that. Panthers taking on your Vegas Golden Knights. I don't mean this as an insult, but. I wanted to get your gauge on what the Panthers are in that market. This is not a shot at hockey fans. Obviously, we only have two major league teams here. Some people will say the Aces are a third major league team. But guys like Bobrovsky, Kachuk, like, where are they in kind of the pantheon of the big stars with so many sports in the Miami area? Well, they have been skyrocketing up very quickly within the last month or so, however long this playoff run has been, I guess about a month and a half to this point. Um, because, listen, as you're alluding to it, I don't think there's any insult taken. Uh, it's, this is very far from a traditional hockey market. Even though they've had a team since 1993, uh, you know they've had more lean years than good years. So it, it's really hard to build like a big fan base when, you know, they, the, the last few years they've been good and they've been making the playoffs, but there was a stretch, guys, of 10-plus years when this team was completely irrelevant, these Florida Panthers. It's just hard. You know, the Miami Marlins are kind of going through a similar thing where they've been irrelevant for so long that it's really uh, given a hit to the fan base. And then on top of that, they're in a market where there is no ice. And so that makes it a little bit harder to kind of build a grassroots hockey fan base. But, you know, this is one of those things where South Floridians, they, they embrace a team when they're skyrocketing to the top. I've seen it with the Marlins twice when they won two World Series, and I've seen it with the Panthers before, because even though they haven't won a Stanley Cup, I already mentioned that 1996 Stanley Cup Finals run that they had, which was the year of the rat, when everyone was throwing rats on the ice. The entire area was completely captivated by hockey back then, and the same thing is happening now. So it's it's one of those things that's really fun to watch where, you know, they don't have the sort of devoted large fan base that the Miami Heat have because they've earned that over the years. But you've got a lot of folks who didn't really care about hockey a couple of months ago that suddenly are living and dying by every second and every period. So 
you know, if, if people down here maybe didn't know what Sergei Bobrovsky looked like without his goalie mask a couple of months ago, they know it now. And Matthew Kachuk is getting talked about the same way Jimmy Butler gets talked about. And why not? I mean, he was uh, a part of all four game-winning goals against Carolina in that sweep the Panthers had, scored three of those goals himself, assisted on the other one. He might be the best clutch performer in Florida Panthers history, and he's only been here for a season plus. We're speaking with uh, Alex Donald from Miami, uh, Five Reason Sports. So you mentioned rats. Just for the record, I do have a 50th Godfather shirt on. And, uh, yeah, we're not big on rats. I'm not a big Phil Mickelson guy either. So the talk of rats really just makes my skin crawl. But neither here nor there. Uh, my curiosity is on the fan base that you bring up in terms of when they start winning. The sports fans that come out of the woodwork when you have a successful team, what's the percentage, if you were to say, between three? Heat fans, Panthers fans, and sports fans when you have two teams in the finals? Or is it a collective similarity among fans? Is everybody, do they, do they sort of mix, or does each one have their own fan base? No, they're, they're, very, they're very mixed right now. Um, you know, because the, the Florida Panthers, like the actual hardcore fans that they have, and there, there are more of them, I think, than people realize, but... You know, it's maybe like a group of like 10,000 that are willing to go to most every game or hardcore about it. And now all of a sudden, it's just kind of a kind of a mixed bag. I mean, most of the people that I talk to down here are just saying, go Heat and go Panthers every night. And uh, it's worked out pretty well from the Eastern Conference Finals, and it's going to continue into the finals for both teams where you're not going to have any nights where you've got both teams playing on the same night. They're always going to be offsetting. That's the way it was for the Eastern Conference Finals as well. So it's basically given fans an opportunity down here, you know, something that's literally never happened before, where basically every night you've either got a Heat playoff game and then a Panthers playoff game the next night. So it's very much been a collective. Like it's, you know, the South Florida sports fans have really embraced both teams throughout these runs. It's pretty fun to see. We uh, we spoke with Stephen Wino earlier, national sports writer, uh, hockey writer for AP. We asked about, we talked about Matthew Kachuk. And, you know, here's a guy who tells Calgary, hey, I'm not re-signing. Two days later, they trade him to Florida. This is a big-time guy who stepped right in. You talked about him a little bit. But we are finding more and more and hearing more and more when big-time free agents pop up, whether it's NFL, NHL, um, where they want to go, Florida, Nevada, no uh, state tax. How much are you seeing that be a factor? I mean, they attracted one of the, I mean, one of the biggest stars of the postseason right now. But in terms of athletes wanting to come down there, yeah, it, it's crazy. I mean, obviously, you know, we we've talked about this for so many years when it comes to the Miami Heat attracting free agents, and, and the Dolphins have done that from time to time. And I, I've noticed that it does happen quite a bit with the Panthers. And it's not only that the tax is a big part of it, I'm sure. And then you guys have the same situation over there, not having any state income tax, but you know, I'm friendly with a number of, of former Florida Panthers players. And a lot of them tell me that this market in a weird way is appealing to a lot of players because they, they like a little bit of the anonymity. And, and again, I know that that's going to sound like it's, Flight to hockey fans in the area, and I don't know. Maybe people can interpret it that way. But for example, you know, if you're if you're a professional hockey player who plays for the Maple Leafs, like you, you can't walk down the street in mm-hmm. Toronto without getting mobbed by fans, and you're the lead story on the local sports and news every single night. And there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. You know, original six type of markets: you know, Detroit, Boston, 
uh, all the Canadian markets and all that. And I think players kind of like the fact that, you know, you can come down to a place like South Florida and, you know, a lot of these guys grew up in Canada and grew up in, you know, northern Europe. And so, you know, they're used to cold winters. You come down to South Florida, there's no cold, there's really no winter period down here. Uh, and you can walk down the street and grab lunch without getting recognized and getting mobbed. And, and that's something in addition to the non-state income tax that I, I found to be appealing to a lot of players who come down and play here. Alex Dono, Five Reasons Sports. we got 30 seconds left. I know you guys are doing a lot of heat coverage tonight. I think you have a, uh, a video running in just a little bit. Watch a game with some of your guys, and you got uh, folks out at the arena. Last 30 seconds, uh, I say the Heat can compete in this, that they lose in seven. What do you think? Uh, I, I could see something like that. Um, I, I could see a seven-game series. It's going to depend a lot on, of course, Jimmy Butler, uh, because you know there are times he looked like he might be sputtering a little bit, but he certainly finished strong in that seventh game against Boston. The supporting cast has stepped up a little bit more the past couple of games, but Jimmy's got to be Superman to give the Heat a shot. I think they have a shot, but it's going to be a tough series. Alex, we always appreciate it. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks so much. Shout out Plantation and Dillard High, Alex. (laughs) There you go. Check out Five Reasons Sports. Great site. A bunch of guys who were at QAM and the ticket, and they formed their own uh, sports radio station online. Rousing success so far. Excellent sight. Yeah, I would say you could almost describe them as being ruthless. And that, that's a, <laughs> in a good way. You know? And I played in a lot of different organizations. The good ones and some not so good. So that, that goes a long ways. Like you can throw as much money as you want at players, but if you don't create a winning environment or a place where players want to be, you're not going to get those free agents. So you really have to tip your hat to the ownership group, Bill Foley, but also George McPhee. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Yep, we say that a lot. Quality organizations and owners and management, it matters. You uh, you know, we just had a conversation, Willie, with Alex Dono, who covers the Miami sports scene, about no state income tax. That doesn't mean that every organization in one of these states is going to get players if they're not looked at as a quality organization. And I have no idea what's going to happen down the road. With the A's, I think they're getting their stadium somewhere here. They're going to get the county and state funding. I don't know if they're going to make a pitch for free agents. I have no idea if they're going to push to have a $150 million payroll. But if they're not a good organization, then they're not going to get players to come here, even with savings on state income tax. Uh, following this story and getting more of the audio and more of the video out of the intro hearing and, and presser, on Memorial Day, I thought the RJ did a really good job. Now, what one of the writers puts out seems to be very A's friendly, and I thought they gave some good balance here as they showed some of the politicians and people speaking on some of the issues here and some of the problems they have with giving a Major League Baseball team upwards of $380 million right out of the gates to build a stadium. If this team wants a stadium, their billionaire owner can build it with his own money and not use our public dollars like he promised to do over and over to the city of Oakland. It was Nevada's first chance to react to a potential ballpark from the Oakland A's move to Las Vegas. Both lawmakers and members of the public Monday night spoke in a meeting that lasted more than five hours. The bill would require the state to contribute $180 million in transferable tax credits. Clark County would fund $145 million to the project. This hearing's about the A's, but let's talk about the whys. Why can't we simply fund a 20% raise from the state level for our educators in Nevada? A member of the assembly and members of the public having choice words for the bill. I'm at a no, almost at 
hell no. So y'all have to get me to a yes. Um, if this if this agreement does not go through, they will look for other cities to move to. They will not um, decide to stay, even though this does not go through. For the Las Vegas Review Journal, I'm James Schaefer. Thanks, James. Uh, that was Steve Hill at the end. Boy, oh boy, I do not think that is a threat that anyone should be throwing out there. If we don't give them the deal, they're not going to stay because that will be met with a round of applause. And, and we keep we got to keep saying this. If the A's don't get their stadium here, Willie, baseball will come back to Vegas. I will guarantee you 100%. they will look to move another team here or have an expansion team here. So if we uh, don't get a stadium by 2028 in the A's, we're getting one by 2032. I am still not convinced. Like I, th- All these ifs, 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 if we don't, if this, if we don't, I'm still more on if – Vegas actually gets the team. It's not a matter if we don't get it. It's if they it, to me it's if they still do. I'm not convinced. I'm still thinking that Vegas is being used as a pawn. Mm. Sorry, I'm not with it. This hour of Cofield and Company in Reno is brought to you by Battleborn Injury 766 1400. I would have say with, with the Vegas Gold Knights, I'm going to say Chandler Stevenson is my X factor. I, I really am so impressed with the way he's progressed as a hockey player. Coming over from Washington when they won you know, I thought this guy was like a third-line hockey player, but he's really taken his game to a whole different level where he's he's a top-two centerman, without a doubt. Biz mentioned the fourth-line speed. Well, he's oozing with speed, too, for, for that other, you know, secondary scoring for the Vegas Gold Knights. So I think that's someone that we probably would want to watch for the Vegas Gold Knights. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers. A couple of bites coming back into the last two blocks from Anson Carter, who's on the TNT coverage. Stanley Cup final going down on Saturday. Media festivities beginning as the Golden Knights are going to be hosting the Florida Panthers. Brad Powers is in on a Thursday. Nice enough to join us every Thursday at 444. Brad, I saw you did an appearance. So you're all over the place now. I saw you did one on v early morning at the beginning of the week, and you were, like, all swagged out. Are you uh are you up for grabs now? If we just start sending you hats and T-shirts, or only the uh, the special folks around town get the free pops? <laughs> That's funny. I, I think what was I dressed in circa or something? You had a circa uh, hat, and I think you had a bet the board uh, pullover, whatever, something. It, it looked good. It looked good. Yeah. Next yeah, deal. I, I was gonna, I could find, I was gonna yeah, say. Yeah, I. Uh, I was gonna say I the next deal needs to be for branded glasses. I'm doing. A, <laughs> yeah. I won't put on a competitor, uh, you know, if I'm doing one of those. But, yeah, I mean, people send me stuff, and, you know, I'm not afraid to wear it when I'm doing appearances. Uh, Willie, what can we get more quickly, uh, ESPN, Las Vegas gear, or Perfect Gym? Oh, no doubt about it. Perfect Gym. You're still waiting on your ESPN Las Vegas stuff, right? I was asking Willie. Uh, oh, right. you say yeah. uh, me? Oh, yeah, yeah, my bad. I thought yeah. you were asking Brad. No, no I, 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 yeah, no, no. I, I'll get Brad. I will get Brad in a hoodie for the football season. Perfect hoodie. Let's do it. Perfect. Perfect. Ooh, I, I, I slipped right into it. All right, Brad. Uh, NBA and NHL. You dabbling in this at all in terms of uh, a finals bet on either the NBA or NHL? Uh, a little bit more NBA than, than NHL. Believe it or not, I mean, I, I, I have not made an NHL bet since that first season for VGK, and I lost quite a bit because I was pretty anti-VGK because I just thought the, you know, the, the, the market was over-exuberant about the excitement for, for that you know the newbie franchise at the time. But, uh, no, I don't bet much NHL. But the NBA, I, I do bet regularly. 
Did I bet anything tonight? Game one, I didn't. Uh, it really, you know, forced me down to it. What, what would I take tonight? I actually take the E plus nine. Uh, I just, you know, I know that you know, as far as the rest advantage is in Denver's favor, but man, I just think Miami has not been properly priced throughout the entire playoff season, to say the least. They're not a typical eight seed. I think they have the best coach in the NBA. I mean, Jimmy Butler is one of those rare guys that is a killer when it comes down to it. You just don't find guys like that too much in the NBA these days. And I mean, I just think that the regular season doesn't matter. So the fact that Miami is barely above 500, just that shouldn't matter. What should matter is what they've done here the last two months as far as the playoffs. When people hear not properly priced, I think some will react by going, oh, the you know Vegas, stupid, stupid. The numbers are terrible. But aren't we the stupid ones? It's based on what we're going. I mean, I know power ratings go into it, but we also balance it out. If the numbers were that bad, then tonight would be down to freaking six and a half. Yeah, I just, I'm not sure if they can really get a handle. And look, I'm not saying that you, you know, you can win big. I mean, although if you've been betting Miami, you've won big. But I mean, look how much the swings are as far as a, a, an individual game line in these series go. We saw it in the Miami Boston game where, you know, the, just after one game, I think, uh, you know, from game three to game four, we saw a point spread shift like three, four points this time being in Miami's favor. So, uh, <laughs> that shouldn't, look, if we're just talking, there shouldn't be that big of a reaction to, a one-game sample size, but but we tend to see that in the market. So you want to you know take advantage of it. You can, uh, you know. Typically, though, I will say favorite. You know, with the exception of what we just witnessed in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, it's been very favorite heavy for the last six plus years. Even in the opening two rounds of this uh, playoff season, it just so happened that we just saw you know the the under. Uh, underdogs go 10-1 and one in the last round. com. Brad Powers, 7 up on Twitter. Uh, I always like to get your take on college football sports talk topics. Did you get wind of uh, Eli Drinkwitz around the uh, the initial SEC you know, exec meetings here talking about NIL and saying that kids are making more than his pediatrician brother? Um, he then tried to correct it. I, do, I just wonder, when you make that much money, He's making $6 million a year at Mizzou. The market is so competitive for players. I, I just wonder if that has a negative impact on some players and some recruiting, and they're like, hey, this guy's kind of anti-player. Yeah, I, I don't agree with this statement. So, I mean, there's a market for everything, and, it, and I get it that, you know, the pediatricians and the teachers and whatnot aren't, uh, you know, making even what you know, the uh, a really good football, a college football player can make, but I mean, there's more demand for there in that market than for the college football players. Just we, as, it's more of a reflection of us as a society. I don't know why you could blame the kid on that, but right. uh, he better worry about himself, to be honest with you, because if he doesn't have a winning season this year, uh, and I would say I, I wouldn't even mess with six and six. I would prefer to be at least seven and five if I was him. Uh, he better worry about his own paychecks coming in because he won't have any more coming from Columbia, Missouri. Yep. Uh, and something to build on with that, and, you know, this is more of kind of a local angle that, uh, you know, if you want to use this, you could. Uh, keep in mind, Desiree Reed-Francois is the AD there, and I don't know the, I don't know all the machinations of what went into this extension for Drinkwitz. I'll tell you this. When she arrives somewhere, she wants her own people. And she got a basketball coach, and he did a great job. So I don't know that, you know, Drinkwitz is safe with her. Now, I think there's people she's got to answer to for the money. So 
Uh, he better win, especially when you, you know, foot and mouth disease here when you're making $6 million a year. You had months to think about your NIL take, and you say something stupid like that. Um, I saw you send out, Brad Powers, uh, kudos to CBS, big CBS, for the package they put together when it comes to TV, and it involves the Mountain West. And there's some, you know, some schools that don't get a lot of love on big-time national TV and the group of five that are actually going to get some real good looks early in the season. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm pro little guy all the time, but I mean, when you get an opportunity not just to play on a national TV game, but actually have a national TV home game, you know, whether it's a Wyoming hosting Texas Tech on that opening week one Saturday night on CBS or San Jose State, an isolated, you know, window on the following day on a Sunday in their very first game in their brand new stadium, or at least, you know, they redid the stadium there. I mean, to have a CBS game, San Jose State gets another CBS game. They had one last year against Arizona. Just to have those types of opportunities for schools like that, very few and far between. And I know we can laugh and joke about it, and I actually laughed and joked about the NBC game, I think, as week two, where the primetime game is Charlotte and Maryland. I mean, we can all joke about it, but, I mean, that too, even though being a road game, I mean, for a, a school, schools like that to, to get, you know, a national TV audience, and even if it's going to be a pathetic audience compared to, to what we're accustomed to seeing, and that's still going to be probably 5X, what they'd have on, on, on a CBS College Sports Network on a, on a Saturday evening you know, on a typical car, you know, slate. So kudos. More eyeballs. You could use it for recruiting, and hopefully they can be competitive yeah. in those games. So that, at least the games that I didn't bet against them. I saw you seem to be a little annoyed about some of the games they pushed to Peacock now that NBC's got the Big Ten. One of them was, what, oh. Michigan State and Washington buried on Peacock? Yeah, buried on Peacock. Uh, that's a really good game, too. I mean – and not only buried on Peacock, I think it's like a 5 p.m. Eastern start. So, I mean, I get it. You want to grow it, uh, you know, the subscription base. But I think that gets lost in the shuffle uh, at or 5 o'clock. I mean, the average fan is just not going to you know, worry about trying to get that game. With that being said, you know, there's not only that game, but they have several games. I think Michigan opens up their season on Peacock. There's just so many games that are streaming only that uh, I was forced uh, to keep my – Peacock uh, subscription that I signed up for just to watch the Notre Dame spring game. I was hoping to immediately cancel, but they get, and just when I thought I was out, they pulled me right back. Hey, there, there you go. Good line. Good line. Big movie buff. Good line. Brad Powers here on Cofield and Company. Willie Ramirez, Cofield. Willie's all set up at Silver 7s as we're getting ready for the 530 tip of NBA Finals game number one. I saw you pointed out West Virginia at Penn State, and I had a question about West Virginia. That's part of that NBC Big Ten package. West Virginia going to be good. You're going over, under wins, um, and and what do you, do you have anything on that game yet? Yeah, so there's a lot of negativity in in the market around West Virginia. Uh, I mean, Neil Brown looks like this could be his final season. Well, well I'm not necessarily you know it's my favorite bet of the week or, or favorite win total bet that I made, but I'm a little bit more bullish on West Virginia at least than what the market's pricing them right now. I got over four and a half on West Virginia's win total. You can still find that out there, so there's a little bit of resistance on that. And then I also bet West Virginia in that week one game, plus 18 and a half. I just, I, I, I'm really curious to see if that Penn State offense, particularly the passing offense, is good enough to get margin against West Virginia. And look, Neil Brown, I mean, yeah, and this might be it for him, but I don't think he's that bad of a coach. I mean, if he was so bad, they would have weighed the white flag last season when they you know, failed to meet expectations. But yet, here they are, West Virginia beating Oklahoma and Oklahoma State in the month of November. So, 
I don't think they're as bad as what everybody makes and uh, makes them out to be. Last one, Brad, and Brad Powers with us, uh, pro sports gambler, is on podcasts and shows all over the country. So we're lucky to have him here on this radio show in Las Vegas. I saw you pointed out week number two had a bunch of really, really good games uh, led by Texas and Alabama. I know a lot of places have games of the year out, and you had mentioned you'd played dozens and dozens and dozens of games to open the season. Are you already dabbling into week two? Can we get numbers, games of the year for week two? Anything you like? Yeah, I, I've had a few of those already. So, in the, you know, the bigger matchups that, that are posted there, uh, I laid three and a half with A&M at Miami. Is not my favorite bet that I made? No, but, I mean, I did think there was some value there. I just think A&M is going to be, you know, both teams are much improved. I just, I like, give me the SEC or the ACC there. I just, I love A&M's defensive line. It's one of the best units in the country. Also, been Iowa State as a home dog against Iowa. Let me tell you this, though. I am really concerned about the gambling investigation going on there. I am hearing whispers that a lot of Iowa State players within Iowa, I think grad is a DEA or whatever, that Iowa State might be in trouble. So keep that in the back of your mind as far as that. And I also bet uh, I laid the points. I'm very anti-Colorado right now. I laid the points with Nebraska on the road at Colorado. I'll ask the obvious question with situations like uh, Iowa State, is it our fault for pushing gambling down everyone's throat? Because I always want to push back on this and go, hell, when I was in college, you know, I knew one of the bookies was one of the guys on the football team. So I think people have been betting games forever, but has it just become more widespread with legalized gambling? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, mean, I think that I can't imagine that there's any more gambling going on than what there has been already. And yeah. I don't think it's anything nefarious. Like Iowa State's throwing games, although I mean, to watch their offense last year, maybe. Thought that was the case, but uh, I don't think anything really, you know, something like that's going on. I just think they're being extremely hard on people that are betting, like you know, NFL games or NBA games, not even games in their own individual sport. Ah, uh, okay. Trying to cut it off at the pass before maybe they they do the ultimate and screw themselves up in their own sport. So, okay, interesting. Brad, we appreciate it, buddy. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me. Take there care. It guys. is Brad Powers. BradPowersSports.com at Brad Powers Seven. Up on Twitter. What do you think, Willie? Do you think some of these uh, gambling issues, like at Alabama with the uh, the baseball coach and you know more kids betting and they're trying to come down on them, is it because of the availability? I think it's an obvious yes because it's at your fingertips. Here's the thing. It's a good thing that these are happening because the, the stuff that we're seeing and hearing about is happening because of stronger and better regulation. Don't be surprised if you if we were to hear that these things have been going on and they just weren't regulated before. Now they're regulated. So this is good that this is coming out because they can catch it. We'll see you, Reno. Make sure you listen to the entire show up at LVSportsNetwork.com. We have another 35 minutes on the way. LVSportsNetwork.com. JT coming to you from sunny Las Vegas. Let's get ahead of game one of the NBA Finals. Series price. Denver minus 425. They're a nine-point favorite this morning out of Vegas in game one. That's too many points. Give the Heat some respect. They beat the one-seed Milwaukee, the two-seed Boston. They're playing the one-seed in Denver. If they win, it's the greatest bracket NBA Finals champion of all time. But I don't think they can win the series. I got Denver in five. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas.
Five o'clock hours here. Here, uh, JT the Brick over on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. With his NBA pick, he's taking the Heat plus the points tonight, and then going with the Nuggets in five. The price on that is plus one fifty. Go check out JT's TikTok page. Looks like a new TikTok page that JT is running. We'll share that as much as possible. Uh, I'm also up on TikTok, so I'm sure that'll be shared uh, by everyone. Willie, please, please, uh, great job today. By one Lindsey Brown, who's also on R&R 920, because she was out at Twin Peaks. So that was very cool. She was out there from 11 to 1. You can go watch the NBA tonight where Willie is right now. Willie is uh, manning the station at Silver 7s, right there at the Bud Light Sports Bar. NBA going to be on in the William Hill Racing Sportsbook in both of the bars, the uh, Bud Light Sports Bar and the Silver and Gold. And if you're over closer to Henderson and uh, Vegas there at 215 and Eastern, Twin Peaks where Lindsay was hanging out today during the game. They've got their happy hour special, so big beers, 22 ounces, under 4 bucks, 17 shots for three ninety nine. Uh, you know, it's not all 17. Uh, one of their 17 shots for three ninety nine plus great food specials. App started 2 4 and 6 bucks. All right, headline time, Willie, because we're going to cut out of here around uh, – 523, uh, what, I almost said 523, 522, 523 for the NBA Finals, game number one here. We haven't covered this story the first couple days of the week, and I was like, man, maybe we're missing on it, but I think it's finally extinguished officially. Am I wrong? Tom Brady spoke to SI, uh, some guy, Robin Lundberg, I think is his name, uh, who was actually on Q's show. We'll have to grab that audio later on, um, and said – Basically, I'm done. I'm, I'm getting into broadcasting, and I want to be an owner. We're good? He's not playing for the Raiders, right? We're good? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm convinced. I don't think that he's playing. I mean, I – He said, I'm certain. I'm not playing again. So, I've yeah. tried to make that clear, and I hate to continue to pre- uh, profess that, but I've already told people that lots of times. Done. Not playing. He's not playing. I don't think he's playing, and I really don't think he's playing with the Raiders. Um, I think that he's dead set on everything that he wants to. I think that he suffered enough mental trauma off of returning to the NFL last year when he said he wasn't going to go. Lost his family briefly. Um, obviously, his you know he's got a relationship with his kids, but um, I think that he's got his his mindset on what he wants to do post playing career, and he's going to stick to it. I don't think that there is any, you know ulterior motive. I don't think that he has any plans that he wants to come back. I really don't think that he is – I mean, he's Tom Brady, right? So, I mean, he's 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 always shown capability. I mean, he went to Tampa Bay, led them to a Super Bowl, but this is a tough division to come back in. I mean, to decide that you want to play, um, I'm not sure that he comes back in uh, – I don't know if he's the third best, let alone yeah. the second best quarterback in that division if he decides to come back. All time, yeah. But right now, uh, it would be a toss-up between him and Russell Wilson, who's going to be third, just because of age itself, and I, you know, playing shape, and I don't know, man. I, I, I just don't see it. Not for the Raiders. I am incredibly cynical on stuff like this. Well, I yep. think we all should be, especially if we're in the media and we've been covering this stuff for a long time. I believe him. I believe him. I thought you were going to go the other way. Nope. Cynical in that he's lying. I thought that's what you were going to say. All right, so that means Raiders media availability today. There's going to be some quarterback questions because really the Jimmy G stuff started heating up in the last couple of days, uh, back to the weekend, the contract, the 
addendum G where they can get out of the contract completely. I want to use SNFJ 400 here, the whole thing. Josh McDaniels was asked about the quarterback situation. He talks about Chase Garbers at the beginning of the comment. And then towards the end, he mentioned something about he doesn't have any anxiety. I saw it tweeted out today. McDaniel said he has no anxiety about the status of Jimmy Garoppolo moving forward. Vic Tafer from The Athletic pointed out that McDaniels also said you guys may have anxiety, which I think is a really interesting comment. So let's hear it now. I, I, I don't worry about the things I can't control. You know what I mean. And so, like, I, like I said, I have very, uh, I have very good information that you know would tell me that you know we're we're going to be fine. You know what I mean. So, again, that's what, nothing has happened that would have changed that. Okay, so that's that's why I feel that way. Um, as it pertains to Chase, um, again, another young guy that got to see it up close and personal all year last year. Um, Went on the road trips with us. Was on the sideline during the games. You know, it was. It, I would say a very um, important year for any young player. You know, as they go through that, and then to come back this year much further ahead, understands. You know, the things that are, are required and asked of the quarterback position um, a lot better now than he did last year. Um, operating the offense, the cadence, the play calls. You know, understanding where to go. I'm not saying it's all perfect. It's not, but. Um, you know, every quarterback from year one to year two, usually there's a comfort level that they can get to where the things that they were really worried about last year were, how do I call the play right? You know, how do I remember the cadence when I'm going, you know, all that stuff is kind of like second nature now, you know? And so it's good to see that from him. Um, you know, now we're just, you know, obviously working on all the other things, you know, accuracy, reads, you know, seeing the coverage, you know, there's another bucket of things that a quarterback's got to move on to, but, um, like the way Chase is working as well. There you go. Lots to say on Chase Garbers. Let's get away from Jimmy G and back to my point about, Hey, he feels no anxiety. And then he said, you know, to the media there, maybe you guys are the ones who have anxiety. Kind of, again, fanning the flames of Raider Nation who have a couple of media people who are quick to say, hey, there's no story here. Yeah, I'm going to build on the anxiety thing. I don't believe that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler have any anxiety over Jimmy G because I think they're ready for this. They're, they're ready for Jimmy G plays or Willie. He doesn't. And then we probably get to where we want to get to, which is having a top five pick. So if he plays, he plays. We're not that worried. I agree. And I think that's exactly because there's one part of that quote. Ari, can we get – because I know it's a long one. We don't we're not going to do the No, it's the very beginning. This, is, this it's has been the, five hours of trying to get this. Okay. We, can, we can try it. You want to try it? It's the very beginning. Okay. Just Again, we can't the, control – you know, there's, this, is, this is football. Players. <laughs> I, I, I don't worry about the things I can't control. Now, what did I say? It was right. I warn you. I, I warn you. No, you guys are doing it on purpose. He said, "We're not. We're I not have good, good information no, we're that we're going to be fine." He didn't say, "I have good information that he's going to be fine." And you're right. And where you came back and you said, "We got away from." He got away from talking about Jimmy G, and he was specific about Chase Garbage. But he he got away from being specific about Jimmy G. He said, "I have good information that we're going to be fine." Basically. Listen, if it doesn't work out with Jimmy G, we'll figure something yep. out. Dave and Mark Dave, Dave Ziegler, Mark Davis, don't worry. The funds will be there. We'll be fine. He didn't say I have it on good information from the doctors that he'll be fine. You can't. No. You can't not with this guy. You want not with Jimmy that. G. Yeah. Not with Jimmy <laughs> exactly. G. Exactly. So, so I, just, I, love, I just love this. 
And then you've got people kind of, like you just pointed out, listen to what he's saying. They're going to be fine. Right. Wasn't Jimmy G is going to be fine, but then we've got people in the Raiders media who are like, oh, Jimmy G is going to be fine. No, 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 no one is saying that. Nobody said that. No That's one right. is saying that. No. What all of this means, and this, and it, I really believe this goes back to what Devontae Adams told the guy at the ringer. That, like, he, he knows what the plan is here. It's an A-B plan. And the A part could be, hey, we're a 9 or 10 win team. The B part could be, well, oh, well, you know, Jimmy G didn't come through. We saved the money. We won four games. And here goes Caleb Williams. Yeah. Devontae's, Devontae's quote could have very easily been where, which he did go on to explain, by the way, uh, on the Brandon Marshall podcast, where he said – it was real clear. I was tweeting out Instagram. I was sending out mes- mes- uh, messages and signals. I was having fun with everybody, obviously. But why wouldn't I put something out there that, of course, I want Aaron Rodgers? Of co- I, we have a vacancy. Why wouldn't I want Aaron Rodgers here? That would have been the direction that I would have gone and I would have wanted them to go. They didn't. They got rid of the guy that I came here for. They didn't get Aaron Rodgers, and they went after Jimmy G. That's not the He was upfront about that for everybody that was moaning and crying that, well, he was being, you know, evasive out and, and sort of. No, he wasn't. He came out and said exactly what he meant. That being said, why doesn't, why didn't he want to look in that direction to Jimmy G? Because he knows the history of this dude. It's not even a knock against Jimmy G. Dude, you have a bad history of injuries. You are prone for injuries. So, whatever the case may be, in this situation, as McDaniel said, and he's always, always very careful in how he words things, I have it under very good information. We'll be fine. We're going to be fine. Meaning the Raiders, yep. not Jimmy G. Uh, you can find all of Willie's coverage of the upcoming Stanley Cup final at the Sporting Tribune. Also, make sure you follow him on Willie G, uh, G. Ramirez, Willie G. Ramirez. Um, you sound a little bit like one of the other company members, Adam Hill, who worried's not the right word, but he expects the Panthers to possibly not be firing at all cylinders because of this layoff and that this could be a really big break when it comes to a red-hot goaltender on the other side in Bobrovsky. Yeah, because... When you when you are riding that wave of momentum the way that Bobrovsky was, and when you're scoring at, a, at sort of at a torrid pace that Matthew Kachuk was, and you're doing it against the teams that you're doing it against, you sort of want to keep playing. You don't want downtime. Yes, you could have been practicing this whole time, and that's great, but you're not seeing live competition. You're not – I don't care. I don't want to hear we were going full speed. You weren't getting checked into the boards by Keegan Colasar, <laughs> by Mark Stone. You weren't being hit in the corner. You weren't catching that vicious hip that Braden McNabb's going to be throwing. So don't tell me that you were playing at full speed and you're fully prepared as much as the Golden Knights were, where the Golden Knights just won Monday in Dallas, wrapped things up, and they took Tuesday, Wednesday, they practice today, they'll practice tomorrow, game is on Saturday. The Panthers will have had, I believe, nine days off in between. That's tough to face, especially a team uh, facing a Golden Knights team with forward depth that's getting scarring from up and down the roster. I want to say in my story, I said 17 skaters out of 22 that have hit the ice during the postseason have at least one point. 
the leading goal scorers, William Carlson, Jonathan Marchessault. You know who hasn't scored a goal in like six, seven games? Jack Eichel. That's dangerous for Florida. This dude's going to be come out, coming out firing. So, um, yeah, I think that the, mo- the the layoff could most certainly throw a wrench in the momentum that Florida was playing with when it beat Boston, when it beat Toronto. I mean, they, they, they knocked off some tough teams, and it took a lot of momentum and, and carrying it over from day after, the, uh, you know, one day in between, a couple days in between series, whatever it may be. Nine days off is a long time. Let's take a quick time out here. Can we do that? Aces giveaway. 364-1100, Caller number seven. Join Cofield and Company live every Thursday at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook. Weekly giveaways and awesome game day food and specials. Thursdays, 3 to 6 p.m. at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Listener Phil is the winner of our Las Vegas Aces tickets, Seattle Storm game on the 15th. You can grab your own tickets at AXS.com, but listening to win was Phil. He wins the tickets to go see the Aces and the Storm. And Willie, I saw game number one uh, Saturday with all the festivities, got like 10-1. I saw game two on Sunday was, uh, what was it, around 8,000? 80, was it 8750 something 8, like that 8800 okay. 8800 10-1 the first night 8800 right. the second real good they'll be they'll, it'll be crowded it'll be packed there'll be a lot of energy um that's going to be actually a good game the one that you just talked about because Seattle I actually watched them against New York the other day and I got on the zoom with both teams the post game zoom and um Seattle is learning to play without Bree Stewart Bree January and Sue Bird, and they were really competitive against the Liberty. The final score may not indicate it, but they, like in terms of betting number and expe- ex- expectancy, the Storm looked improved since getting blown out by the Aces. So they may come down there with a little bit of vengeance. SportingTribune.com. That's where Willie stuff is for the Stanley Cup Finals. I know you wrote a story about the uh, Con Smythe. We know that Bobrovsky and Kachuk are the two lead candidates. Yep. Uh, because of the balance of the VGK side. So Eichel's plus 425, Carlson 7, Marcy 7, Stone 11, Aiden Hills 12. And then you get on down to like Chandler Stevenson, who is 30. What's the best bet? Well, I think that I think because of the way that they've been playing, William Carlson and Jonathan Marchesaw. Um, Marchesaw has is an interesting choice just for the simple fact if you look over six postseasons he scored now in some of these obviously he played more games but zero eight four three and six the eight his highest number of goals in a postseason was the year that the golden knights went to the stanley cup he's already scored nine goals during these playoffs and this is a dude who he's sort of he's kind of like william carlson where they've sort of ended up in the backlight rather than the spotlight because of the likes of mark stone jack eichel you know, the bigger names, uh, even Chandler Stevenson. And I, I think in a sense, not that they're forgotten about or disrespected, but they come up big when you least expect it. And if Marchessault can have a big series, plus 800 is a nice price on him. William Carlson right now in the column I wrote today is my number one choice. Okay. 
Okay, new father playing with a little bit of different passion. Um, he's made a statement. He scored 14 times in the re- 82 regular season games. He scored 10 times in 17 playoff games. So 4.8 above his goals expected. And if he continues on this offensive pace and just just stays, if he just keeps doing what he's been doing, he could get the con Smythe. Right. Hey, Ari, can we do an impromptu grab bag? I got I got a couple of things to hit real quick. Can we just get the uh, get in the bag there? Guy. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Thank you. I wanted to mention a couple of UNLV notes, Willie. Okay. Uh, one, last night they got, or yesterday they got another commit from, we'll call it an athlete for the 2024 class. So they're up to either eight or nine players in the 2024 class, which is kind of unheard of for UNLV football. It is May of 2023, and they've got eight or nine commits in the 2024 class. They got another kid out of Texas. Uh, this one from the Galveston area, he quickly uh, tweeted at me last night, not Houston, Galveston, about 38 miles south of Houston, 14 miles north of Galveston. I looked that part up. Um, but Damian McDaniel is a guy who wants to play wide receiver. He was offered uh, by several Power 5 schools to be a defensive back, but he wants to play wide receiver. I know the staff is very excited about him. He was offered by Oregon and Ole Miss to play D-back, and uh, he's coming to UNLV as a commit. I think by 24-7, he is the 12th highest rated recruit of all time for the football program. Uh, that is on the heels of getting a guy last week in Melvin Laster out of the KC area, a linebacker, who is actually, I think it was the third highest rated recruit ever. Now, there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. But by the numbers, these guys had really good offers and they're highly touted players. And I think the fact that they've gotten so many people to jump on board for 2024 is pretty cool. Back in the bag. Stick your hand Running in there, Rebel News. You know they have the rodeo week games, right, Willie, where they get yeah, out of the building, right. and yep. now the DLC has become a really good weapon for them because it's kind of a home game, right, right yep. down the road there in Henderson. So last year they played Hawaii there. This year, guess who's coming to town, buddy? Your guy. Well, one of your guys. You have a lot of guys. Ryan Miller. Creighton. Creighton. They got yep. Creighton on the schedule for December 13th. Um, I guess my guy, because he's just infuriating to watch because he's good, uh, little Stevie Ashworth. Left Utah State, he landed at Creighton, and UNLV's got to face him again. So that's on December 13th as UNLV will leave the building, and they take on a really good opponent. Uh, If people out there are like, Creighton? Yeah, they made the Elite Eight last year, and they recruited a really high level. They're going to be a preseason top 25 team again. Who was the – I can't think of his name off the top of my head. The kid from uh, Gonzaga that left, and he's from Omaha. Yeah, Nemhart. no, not Nam Hart. He, oh, went, Hunter, he went. He went the other way. Hunter Salas. Hunter Salas. Did yeah. he end up at Creighton? I haven't checked. I know, you know Nemhart ended up just like we predicted. He did go to Gonzaga. I can't freaking keep track. I, it's uh, there's been so. I mean, it is crazy because I know Art Kaluma, who was a former verbal to UNLV with Zion Collins with Otts. Kaluma eventually landed at Creighton. Then he goes into the NBA draft. Then he pulls his name out of the NBA draft. He's back in the portal. He will be a very highly coveted player. So the player yeah. movement is like, I can't keep track. I want to go back real quick. Yep. Um, and I, I, you were going so fast, you were all over, and you were so hyped up about UNV football. But I saw this on Twitter. You follow this more than I do, and I don't know if you mentioned it in the midst of your your happy rant. Uh, with landing Damian McDaniel, did I read right? They are now the recruiting class is number one in the Mountain West, 39 nationally by 24-7 sports. Did Correct. you see that? Correct. That's, that's good. It is good. It is good. Yeah. I mean, I'll point good out. I'll point out it's May of 2023, and we're talking eight, nine players. But hey, it's significant. If it they, is what it if is. They man. can haul in an overall class of top 40. 
you know, top 50 at UNLV, yeah. that's really good. And, and listen, the biggest thing is they've done a lot of work the last yeah. three months. They've been all over the place making hundreds and hundreds of offers to 24s, 25s, and 26s. So it's paying off. And by the well, way, Hunter, Hunter Salas landed at Wake Forest. Oh, okay. All right, last couple seconds of the show. Give me your pick. I picked uh, the Nuggets in seven. Heat will be very competitive. What do you think? Nuggets in five. Ooh. Nuggets in five. Why? Golden Knights in five. Oh, that's uh, right. Jokic. That's, that's the last time we're going to talk to you. That's right. The Joker. A done deal. I mean, I don't, I don't even mean to go any further. You can can't, you can sit here and cancel players out on both sides of the Nuggets and eat. You are not going to cancel out uh, the Joker. Thanks Period. to Silver Sevens for hosting the show today. Thanks, Willie. Really good job. Thanks to Mateo. I know it's a little bit of a haul to get anywhere right now around Las Vegas. Really good setup there. Thanks to Ari. A lot going on here today at Lotus Broadcasting. Tomorrow we're live. We're back at Treasure Island Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. We're three minutes away.